Coming up on today's podcast. Remember, every time we see the high holidays, the Bible says in Colossians, these are a shadow of what really is about to take place. At the end of the Feast of Tabernacles begins a great celebration, a great party. Charisma Podcast Network presents Pastor Larry Huck as he reveals God's prophetic plan for Israel, the Jews and Christians, and shares the historic, biblical, and spiritual reasons for standing with Israel. Now, here's Larry Huck. Open your Bibles up to the book of Matthew 25. I was originally going to talk about the seventh millennium, the wedding supper of the Lamb, and what actually takes place during the wedding supper of the Lamb. But as I was putting my notes together, I realized for us to understand the wedding supper of the Lamb, how close we are to that, we first have to understand what a Hebrew engagement and wedding entails. Remember, every time we see the high holidays, the Bible says in Colossians, these are a shadow of what really is about to take place. At the end of the Feast of Tabernacles begins a great celebration, a great party where Satan is defeated. Now, someday, that will happen for all of eternity. I want you to receive that this is a new beginning for all of us, and we're about to enter in to a great celebration. How many like Satan to be defeated in every area of your life? So let's look at this. Let's look at this, and and so we can understand where we are. When Jesus died on the cross, this was Passover. Passover was a shadow... Jesus dies on the cross, becomes our Passover lamb. It went from the shadow to something that has lasted 2,000 years, and it'll last until the coming of the Messiah. Got it? Then 50 days later, Pentecost, we go into Shavuot. Shavuot celebrated the anointing of God, the power of God, the prosperity of God. It was a shadow. When they were in one place, one mind, one accord, God released the power of the Holy Spirit. Now the power is not temporary. The power is eternal until the coming of the Messiah. So after the day of Pentecost, we get into the month of Elul, the 30 days of blowing the shofar. The 30 days of blowing the shofar is sound the alarm in Zion Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm, wake up. What we're seeing in our streets, what we're seeing in our nation, what we're seeing worldwide. I mean, who would have ever thought that you would walk down the streets and everywhere you go, people are wearing masks? Who would have ever thought this would happen? Who would have ever thought that Riders would take over cities and the mayors and the governors of these democratic cities would sanction that and burn down buildings and call it a block party. People are looking at what's happening and it's the blowing of the shofar. 
it's the church world. The church world is saying, you know what? We've gotten pretty, we've gotten pretty lukewarm. So you have the wake-up call. You have the birth pangs. 30 days, then you get into the uh, Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a, is a shadow of the rapture. The rapture will come not as a surprise to us who are paying attention. For us who are paying attention to the birth pangs. For us who are hearing the blowing of the shofar. For us who are saying, you know what? I, I better start getting serious about serving God again. I, I, you know, I've, I've gotten pretty lukewarm. You know, the Bible says one of the signs of the coming of the Messiah is a great falling away. And that's not people necessarily leaving church. It's people falling away from the Word of God. Right? It's a wake-up call. Oh, I'm a Christian. I've been serving the Lord. Really, how are you serving the Lord? Well, I believe. That's not serving. You're going to see something here in a minute. Half the church won't make the rapture. Half the church won't make the rapture. So it's a wake-up call. What we're seeing, and, and by the way, vote your faith. Because I believe this next election is going to determine a, a whole lot of stuff. Vote your faith. Vote your faith. Vote your faith. So then we have the rapture. After the rapture, there, are, there is a seven-year tribulation period. You understand that. The Antichrist, the mark of the beast, you can't buy or sell. Then we get into Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the second coming. The rapture is not the second coming. The rapture is us going up. The second coming is Jesus with the army coming down. And by the way, let me just throw this in. Let me throw this in. If you don't make the rapture, you're probably going to have to die for your faith. So you don't want to miss the rapture, right? It's a wake-up call. What we're seeing in the world, worldwide, guys, worldwide, it's a wake-up call. Get God back on the throne. So then the rapture, then the second coming, and at the second coming, then comes the Sabbath millennium. If scholars are right and and rabbis are right and archaeologists are right, then we're about six years away from the seventh millennium. The seventh millennium is the seventh day. One day is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. It's the day of rest. It's the day that in Judaism, the Sabbath symbolizes heaven. This is not heaven yet. Satan is bound. He's thrown into the pit. The enemy is defeated. And after the end of the thousand years, Satan is now released again. And people will still make a choice to serve God or serve the devil. Before we talk about the wedding supper of the Lamb, let's talk about the wedding. Read with me in Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Now look at me right now. All of them are virgins. 
All of them are virgins. When a when in a Jewish wedding, when a woman becomes engaged and she's preparing for her marriage ceremony, she goes into a mikvah, the womb of the world. And she comes out of that mikvah and she is born again. That's what it's called in Hebrew. How can a man be born again? Does he enter a second time to his mother's womb? Nicodemus, you should know this. You're a leader of the Jews. There is the physical birth and there's the spiritual birth. So when you go into a mikvah, and that's why we do it every year. Some, some do it every day. When you go in, it is a everything from your past is, is, is gone and you are born again. You are a virgin. If I can explain it this way, there are 10 who have believed Jesus to be their Messiah. All of them are are virgins. But five of the, let let me just say this way, let let me put the word Christian. There are 10 Christians, but five of them are foolish and five of them are wise. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, oil representing the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So the vessel is, I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. The oil is, I'm serving God. The five wise said, yeah, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now I'm serving the Lord. The foolish said, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I'm not really serving him. Now, why am I teaching this? Because the shofar has been blowing since January. And God is saying, wake up, something's about to change. If it's the rapture, you don't want to miss it. If it's not the rapture and it's the outpouring of God's spirit, you, you want to be a part of that. Amen? All right. But the wives took uh, oil in their vessels and their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. That word trimmed actually is a a Hebrew word that it's more powerful. It means um, to put in order. They heard the blowing of the shofar. They saw the COVID. They saw the streets. They saw the birth pangs. And they put their their lives in order. Let's say we're messing up. Let's say we've backslidden. Let's say we've gotten lukewarm. God loves us so much. He goes, hey, 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 hey. I'm about to come. Because he doesn't want us to miss it. So they put their lives in order. And the foolish said to the wise... Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. Don't leave us here. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, 
I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. So you have your salvation. That makes you a virgin. An oil lamp in the time of Jesus is something very small. And so you have the vessel, you have the oil, and then you have a wick that hangs out of that. This will burn up in a very short period of time. So God is saying, make sure your vessel doesn't empty. You'll hear the servant say, the bridegroom cometh. And so you run out and you light your wick. And when the bridegroom sees your vessel, your your salvation glowing, he knows that you've been waiting for him. But the five foolish came out and said, you know, I, I, I'm saved, but, but I, you know, I haven't been serving God. And, 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 I, and I, got no, I got no oil. Give me some of yours. And they said, no. You have to have your own. Let's look at a couple things. The first thing is, if the bridegroom came right now, if the Messiah came right now, would you be ready? Is your oil full? It means you go to church, you serve God, you, you read your Bible, you pray, you teach your children to serve God. That's having your oil filled. It's not, well, I go, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know here, here's the best way to put it. I heard this years ago. If you were arrested right now for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If they arrested you and they brought your neighbors in for witnesses, said, this man, this woman is accused of being a Christian. And your neighbors go, news to me. In, the, in Hebrew, there's no word for bride or bridegroom. Because when you get married, it's not a man marrying a woman, a woman marrying a man. It's a family marrying another family. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are entering into a family relationship. My family, my kids, my grandkids, my wife, my children, our, our family becomes a part of God's family. We are together. Thank you for listening to today's podcast on Standing with Israel with Pastor Larry Huck. Learn more about Larry Huck Ministries, the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, and how to give a gift today to support and bless the Jewish people at lhmpodcast.org. That's lhmpodcast.org. Or call 1-800-204-6545. That's 1-800-204-6545. Your prayers and generous support are making a difference and helping us to repair a broken world. Join us next week for another Standing with Israel podcast with Pastor Larry Huck.